my podcast the new atlantis podcast good places and you can be like what's the point of that yeah okay so i'm gonna give you a little history on how this works okay so first of all this is super cool okay you know who you know what atlantis is right yes okay tell me about it is this a test yeah it is totally is (laughs) it's a city i want to see how much you know it's a city it's a city okay conceptually right it's like the lost city of atlantis right that's how we all know it okay okay do you know what Atlantis means? Uh, that is where my knowledge That's where it ends. ends. Okay. Yes. This is what Atlantis means. It means city of Atlas. Okay. Okay. And when we're talking about Atlas, we're talking about the, um, what do you call it? Mythological Titan, right? Atlas. Now, here's the thing about Atlas, okay? Everyone commonly we think Atlas is the guy that's stuck holding up the world, right? Okay, that's actually not how it worked. He wasn't the guy that held up the world. He's the guy that held up the celestial globe, okay? So you got to think about how they viewed back then, what what environment they were in. Like, and also like, think about it, like in Morocco, there's mountains called the Atlas Mountains, right? They're so big. And so the idea was that we were all on this planet or whatever we are all on earth and up above us was a globe that was we were all just inside of and these things were moving around inside this globe piece right that was the idea right so effectively atlas as far as legend goes he was um condemned i guess you could call it to hold up the celestial sky for eternity that was his punishment for rebelling against zeus okay okay so that's how that historically comes into play, right? So that's that. Now, when we're talking about the lost city of Atlantis, of legend, that came through, I believe, Plato, okay? And it's just the legend of it. There was a city and it was really cool. It was like round in shape and it was on the ocean, had all these like different locks and things and everything like that, which is kind of neat. Um, and it was an extremely advanced city. It was just amazing and advanced and yeah, then it was destroyed. And, bummer right okay so fast forward to a few neat things okay and we're gonna i'm gonna bounce around a little bit but here's here's neat thing one okay in the 1600s there was a gentleman named sir francis bacon okay and he wrote a book called the new atlantis okay okay now the concept behind this book was that um there were some seafaring voyagers exploring right and they get lost at sea and they come upon this island and they go to this island and they meet this advanced group of people and they were um they're effectively they were christians okay and i can't quite remember how the story goes right it's not a very good book you can listen to it on podcast stuff it's free you can listen to it if you want ended up being only 40 pages because in the end he died right and so it was actually produced posthumously it was actually put out there posthumously so um 
Sir Francis Bacon writes this story and they're like this advanced society, this Christian-based advanced society that they somehow got the writings and the information about Christ and everything like that, but they used science as their, as their kind of uh, method for growth or something like that, right? Science was a big part of their society. They had um, a school that was called, I think, the Solomon School based off of, you know, named after Solomon's temple. And um, they had all these advanced technologies and elixirs, and they had a, um, what do you call it when you put like a, an observatory to observe the stars and everything like that? They were extremely advanced. And so it's kind of this neat concept of um, science and the melding of science and Christianity together. And to me, that's not too far off to where we are as far as a society, at least where we used to be right? To me, and, and yeah, to me, what you have Atlantis or the new Atlantis of how that breaks down is almost like the United States. That's what the U.S. became. Um, you had all these people that wanted to be free that came to this country. And as they, as, as the United States developed, as it became better and better and evolved, I guess you could say, um, and it and it maintained these concepts driven by G Judeo Christianity, right? But it also used the the I don't know if you want to call it the power, but it's almost like the power that science brought, right? This the scientific method and the mathematics that came along with science and everything like that to build what is arguably the greatest nation. Um, most advanced nation in the world, right? The most powerful nation. Now, that doesn't mean the most perfect nation by yeah. any means. Um, however, um, the the technology and the capabilities and what it brings forth and what it's shown us as far as what a free society can accomplish is actually really amazing. So that's kind of why I decided to call it the New Atlantis. There you go. Right? And component pieces that bounce <clears throat> around this, I mean... Atlantis was a big deal to a lot of people. Um, the Nazis, right? Atlantis was a big deal to them because they honestly believed in their wackadoo nature that they were that they were this whole like bringing about the Aryan race, the pure race and all stuff like that, that they were actually um, charged with, I don't, I'm trying to think how to say this, but it's not bringing back, but reorganizing this world or the pure Aryan race, which they believe were the descendants of the lost city of Atlantis. Hmm. There you go. And that's why they did all sorts of wackadoo stuff. And they went to like Nepal and they measured people's skulls and stuff. And they're like, look, we're advanced society and we're great and everything like that. And they used just pseudoscience, garbage pseudoscience to prove all their facts. And they collected lots of uh, artifacts and stuff like that based upon Christianity and things like that. Um, they were really big on that. And then they were defeated, which was awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the best goodness. part of the story. Yeah, it was totally the best part of the story. So when you when you talk about like the city of Atlanta, right? Atlanta has roots with Atlas, right? Uh, the Atlantic Ocean is yeah. the ocean of Atlas. So it was a cool name, right? Atlas is a very powerful concept. I don't know if you've read. Have you read um, what's it called? Um, Atlas Shrugged. Oh. Back in the day, yeah, it's been a yeah. day. I'm not, I'm not super, super duper big on Anne Ryan's concept philosophy. A lot of it has, in my opinion, has a ton of value though. 
particularly if you're if you're a person that uh, I don't necessarily want to say capitalist, but you believe in owning the fruits of your labor, right? It's very conceptually really cool concept too, and she's making the point I think in most of what she's trying to put out there, particularly with with the idea of Atlas Shrugged, is like these titans, these people that build our modern society and stuff like that. And they put all their energies into creating and innovative and doing amazing things that this idea of like them getting beat down so much that they finally just quit. Right. And I can kind of see that as a possibility. What's sad is I think what happens is rather than them quitting is what they do is they buy off government people, you know, they, they get their own senators and stuff to, to maintain their power, which is yeah. bad too. So I thought, why not start the podcast and have a podcast called that? And we talk about business and cool things like that and talk about things that will benefit people's life, hopefully, hopefully. they'll listen to it and people will be like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good times. You ready to talk about what you do? Uh, sure. That's let's what we're going to talk about. We're going we're gonna to go in there. Huh? We're going we're gonna to go there. Okay, let's do it. Because maybe it's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I walk out of here. But Whoa, that that's, sucks. No, I think, I think, I think it, here's the truth. I think what everybody does is really interesting. Yeah. And anybody that I'm hoping, as far as if somebody stumbles along this, what they're going to learn is they're going to learn a lot about how they can do business and how they can do it better. I had no idea when I was a kid, I thought my dad did business. My dad worked for a nonprofit and he didn't do business, right? My dad did whatever he did, right? Yeah. You know, he had like a pocket watch and stuff. It was weird. Okay. So he wore suits, right? So I was just like suits, that's business, business. right? No, this is business. <laughs> you and me have our own businesses, right? Yeah. That's a, you're self-employed, right? Yeah. Yeah. You do your own thing and we we've we've found ways to do neat and innovative things how long have you been doing your own thing um cool. i mean it started off with side and everything um four years yeah four years yeah. okay and before that you were working in a business right yeah so out of college i actually had a i bought a franchise um ran that and then 08 happened and Everything Tell me changed. about this franchise. What was it? <laughs> I didn't know about this. You didn't know this? No. Um, so my dad had recently kind of retired. Yeah. For like the fourth time. And <laughs> we decided to go into business. I wanted to go get my MBA. And he's like, no, let's do a business. And I get it now. Because like in many ways, it was my yeah, business. This is how you get your MBA. Yeah. Um, so we bought a franchise doing window coverings. Okay. And I laugh because it I just brings back stories and, and memories. Um, but yeah, so bought bought that. Um, and it, the unique aspect of that franchise was that at the time, and this is like in the early 2000s, they had a, a computer system that I could measure the windows and put it in and make it appear okay. as what the room looked like. Right? Yeah, and this yeah, is, yeah. This is the cost for your blinds because it had all the information. So we'll, did that for like four, four and a half, five years. It was great mm -hmm. as far as learning experience. But then 08 happened and like the crash and it's just like had to, had to do something yeah, different. Yeah, had to pivot. Um, and so, yeah, started working um, for a company in Salt Lake um, and got into, I've always had a passion for like technology mm -hmm. and 
I, whether it was within my franchise, like I always naturally gravitated towards the guys that were building the software and, uh, the company it's RST brands in Salt Lake. Um, I started off in sales, moved into like the e-com side, worked with the developers, building the site, running the site, maintaining the site, driving traffic to the site. Um, and so, yeah, e-commerce became kind of like who I was mm -hmm. um, and I advanced in there and that evolves. So it's like, starts off exactly like I said, like you're just managing and building a website. And then that turns into let's, um, what systems connect into there and what do we do to mm. optimize that experience for the consumer on the site, but then also back end office, like how do you make it efficient so that people can just maximize their time. And so plugging things together and making it work, that's kind of like what evolved. And then since leaving RST, um, yeah, I, I jumped into consulting for a while where I was doing that, helping the same thing, building websites, structuring it, um, the process and connecting things. And yeah, I just enjoy that, that process of, of helping build and manage and um, make things grow. Nice. Okay. So real quick, before we get into the details of this. Okay. You mentioned your dad and we do need to talk about your dad. <laughs> Okay, because yeah. Thomas isn't just, he's just not, he's not just some guy. Okay. No, he's a cool I dude. I mean, he's, well, no, he's a cool dude. I mean, I guarantee I like playing pool with your dad. That was always what I liked, but I've got, a, when I was a kid, the reference of who your dad was didn't really mean anything to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. It was like, okay, yeah, I've shopped at Price Savers. I remember that, right? There was Tom Grimway and everything like that. Yeah but I didn't care. Right. Yeah, that didn't sure. mean anything to me. Yeah. Right. So, um, let's just talk about that. You're about your, see, I want to have your dad on because I bet there's a wealth of knowledge in there yeah. that needs to come out. Right. There's probably a <laughs> lot of good information. Yeah, but yeah. That's the thing. So you grew up with a dad that was a pretty big time CEO in, in multiple areas. Right. So price mm -hmm. savers was, if if nobody knows what that was because it's extinct now right but effectively price savers is what now you have the costcos and the sam's club mm -hmm. i mean he sold price savers to pace right and then mm -hmm. pace was sold to sam's club right Correct. that's yeah. how it worked right yeah. so what sam's club is now mm -hmm. same type of thing right it was just early days that was like what that would have been in the 80s in the 1900s 80s and 90s yeah in the 1900s <laughs> in the 1900s in the in the decade of the 80s yes yeah, yeah. yes that's right okay yeah. and so i mean that's that wasn't a small fee i mean I remember, I remember my first time walking into price savers over here in ogden right and thinking this was a new form of doing things yeah right totally different thing right where you're buying things in bulk and there's just you know you're walking through these aisles of just their stuff on all these um you know big uh what do you call them just pallet racking going to the ceiling yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah. what it was you know what i mean and there's forklifts around driving around picking stuff up it was a different thing yeah um this is before home depot was a thing yeah you know what i mean so um yeah it was pretty impressive yeah so i mean call tom or thomas that i refer to <laughs> thomas is like yeah I had such unique opportunity to learn from somebody that, that had experienced a lot of different things. And so, and his story is really fascinating. That's a whole like series of podcasts there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he was early in the club business, like early, right. early. And as a kid, same thing, like my dad was just in business and, but now stepping back and being a dad myself and in business, it's like, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. Like mm -hmm. what he did. 
So he, he had his own, he, he started price savers. Right. And then, like you said, sold that, um, retired, then got bored, um, <laughs> did some stuff with my brother and then retired. That was kind of the, the pattern. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then eventually, yeah, he, he was the CEO of Sam's club. Um, I still like to call him the Brett Favre of Sam's club <laughs> CEOs, which means they go through CEOs pretty quickly. Um, and yeah. he was the CEO for almost five years, wow. which is like a record there. Yeah. Um, and so he has a ton of experience there. So yeah, take that. And then that was who I, he's my mentor who mm-hmm. he was bored and say, Hey, let's buy a franchise. And so we ran the franchise together. Um, and like I said, it's, it's my business school, uh, yeah. I, you know, working side by side with him, learning him, mentoring me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I've taken what I learned there and then he got bored again. And the company I referenced RST brands, he, he owned, he was a, a partner there as well. And so I got the opportunity to work with him at RST brands for five or six years as well. So I had mm. this big chunk of my career where I had Tom Grimm, um, as like a mentor, dad and business like associates. So, um, learned a lot from him for sure. Nice. And still, still, still to this day, even though he's out of the game, call him up, call him up this week and like, Hey, let's game plan this. Like I, yeah. I need somebody to walk through and, and discuss things with me and he's always there. So that's nice. Awesome. It's good to have dads. Oh, yeah. Dads are a plus. For sure. For sure. Okay. So that leads us up to now you do website stuff. That's kind of where you were drawn to, right? Okay. So in, I don't know, what do we got? We got about a half an hour. Let's do it. In a half hour of time, what can we talk about from somebody that doesn't know anything about why they need a website to somebody that is more like they need a better website, right? All the way to the advanced stuff. Because I mean, so back when I started, I remember like, okay, this is 2004. I need my own website. Okay, what do I do? I literally took a, I was, I was in college. Mm-hmm. So I took an HTML course and I held, I build my first website, right? And once I built my first one, I realized how much it sucked. And so <laughs> then I bought one that used HTML and then I just coded it to what I needed to, made yeah. it a better site, right? So that was kind of, that was, that was back in the day. That would, yeah, like 2004. That's when I was very first getting started. Site worked great. It was a very simple um, e-commerce kind of site and it worked just fine. And then just as we went along, I mean, and technology was changing, right? I I think HTML was the big thing then. Then all of a sudden everything went from that to your, everything was driven way more by JavaScript, Mm -hmm. right? And then this whole concept of content management system, CMS came into play and the complexity just just got bigger. I remember I built a site um, or actually bought one, but it was Joomla is what I used. Nice. Was, you're going old school. That was the <laughs> next one that was the Joomla, right? And uh, now I think our, our current one is based upon a WordPress. Yeah. And that's our, that's our main Expedition One type website. Um, if you go to expedition1.com, but then our store, we went with a, who do we go with? It's now Schiffer Shop. Schiffer Shop. Shop. Yeah. Three, By the way, formerly Sarah's three, here. Right? I forgot. To, I forgot to tell everybody. My lovely wife Sarah's <laughs> flanking me. She's 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 a good time. I like I like keeping her around. <laughs> she's a keeper. She's a keeper for yeah. sure. I keep her really close. I don't think she likes how close I keep her. 
<laughs> but I keep her close, right? So, okay. So yeah, we're getting into CMS. What's the world that we're dealing with here? Like, I mean, to what level does somebody need? Okay, look, you just need a basic site, right? You can build them like Wix has a pretty basic stuff. I mean, there's, what is a, what is something for someone that's a good basic site, like to, to start off of yeah. when you don't have money and you don't need the e-commerce side of it. But I, even before getting into that, you're, it's evolved so much. So like, to your point, early 2000s, like you were limited and then you had to code and you had to like, kind right. of like bandaid it together. Radio buttons. Like, Ta-da. And <laughs> it, it still didn't work. There's so many options today um, that, you know, whether it's Shopify, Wix, like WordPress, WordPress is consistently used and, and has been for years because yeah. partly because of the the marketplace and the ability that you have so many developers that you could help out with and the plugin aspect. So it's interesting it, 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 throughout my consulting, you know, somebody that's just starting a business, like got to have a website and you do like it's, it's part of it. And there's plenty of other pieces that go into that now just pick one. Like if you're in e-commerce, whether it's, you want to use like, you know, big commerce or Shopify or, or something, you know, of that aspect you can. And there's so many, you used to have to figure out like, okay, I have a website. How am I going to get somebody to be able to check out now? How am I going to take payments? What type of payments that that game has changed. And so I always tell people like pick one, none, none of them are perfect. Mm -hmm. yeah. So pick okay. the one that you like the feature set and it suits you so you know and, and and then go with it but no and clients don't like to hear this websites are never finished and so right so a lot of times people say like oh i bought this website and i spent like twenty thousand or thirty thousand or fifty whatever the number ten thousand maybe for a startup it's five thousand mm -hmm. and it doesn't and, and it's always not going to do something like right. yeah. you're gonna constantly be improving and iterate off of that existing piece into something else so i would always advise people like start pick one and, and know that it, it if it does 80 percent of what you need go with it and realize you're gonna try to pick up that other 20 percent somehow some way um so it, i'm platform agnostic um <laughs> not because it's just it just there's not one that's perfect so i've done a lot with shopify I've done a lot with like on an, on an enterprise level and it's not, it's not common, but it, for some reason I've become known for like in the NetSuite space. So I've done a lot of NetSuite, um, e-com and for those that don't know what NetSuite is, it's an ERP system for mm -hmm. accounting and they've also built an e-commerce piece. So one of the big troubles that you usually get when you get to a certain level of a business is that you've got to make your website talk with your accounting system. Mm -hmm. right. And that usually involves inventory. It usually involves payments. Um, and those can be challenges as you're scaling and growing, right? So the whole concept of like a, a NetSuite website is that it is one and the same. So your accounting piece is also your website. So there is no integration with your with your inventory. Right. It's, it's showing. So if your ERP shows zero, your website shows zero. You're not dependent upon an API not dependent upon like any middleware pushing that back and forth. Mm -hmm. That's a whole, so that's that side of it. Um, and so, yeah, so, so for some reason, it, 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 going back to original question, I've dealt with the WordPresses. I've dealt with lots of different platforms. Probably mm -hmm. the ones I've used the most are Shopify probably because it's a common one and yeah. it's become very popular 
over, I would say the last 10 years. Right. Um, and then some, and this is very unique. And but for some reason in the, in the net suite space, I've, I've gotten to know that e-com piece quite well. So what's cool about that is like, usually Shopify is like a startup okay. situation and the net suite is usually like somebody that has advanced past. Mm, they're usually anywhere from like 12 to 30 million in top line revenue. Yeah. And so they're scaling and like things are breaking and they're freaking mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun to come in and like build those out. So mm -hmm. anyhow, long answer to a single question, but there no, you go. No, that's, that's, that's kind of what I figured. I mean, cause yeah, that's the thing. Like Shopify is a very popular one. I know the reason why we didn't go with that. We went with, um, shipper shop basically it was 3d card at the, yeah. the time the reason why we went with them is just the ability to because our products or expedition one products were so they required so much customizability mm -hmm. right so we needed that ability for people to select like 50 different items going into one and um shopify had that but they just wanted to charge you a ton for it yeah, yeah. like it just it got expensive real fast so that's the one reason why we didn't go with that and, um other than that and yeah. the bookkeeping system because that i think that is crucial especially yeah, for like, right if you're a small business owner you want to automate as many pieces as possible right because otherwise you just keep like taking on more and more tasks yeah. and then you're buried yep and usually when you start and you think website you don't think that side of it mm -hmm. you think the front-facing consumer side of it it's got to look pretty it's got to right. you know eventually right. it's got to be fast got to have good images so important, all of that stuff. But really that back office is super so, critical yeah. to the e-com mm -hmm. side because you may be taking on orders, but if you, if it's broken on the backside, like it's, mm -hmm. it's going to reveal itself to the, to the, to the customer eventually. So, right. Yeah. 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 So having that, that connectivity, you know, that you can like get an order where it needs to be, or, you know, you have that flow of process the order comes in and it, you know, it's represented in your accounting piece somewhere. Um, that's critical. Absolutely. Yeah. How critical is, okay, I know this is actually very critical. Okay. So that's the e-commerce side. I mean, my, my daydream is, yeah, some, someday we're doing NetSuite. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause that's, but I mean, obviously building something like that, that all functions together, that's not cheap, right? That's got like, you're in the hundred thousand dollar range or something, right? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> each NetSuite and I've, I, I, I've done a lot of NetSuite consulting. Um, each NetSuite deal is different. Mm -hmm. um, you should, and they usually stretch the contracts out to like a three or five year process. And it depends on what bundles and all of those aspects, right? right. So the most recent deals I've seen, usually you're like 120K but that's spread out between a three year process. So mm, that's, that's actually not too terrible. Yeah. I mean, those Oracle guys, they're pretty tricky. Their sales team is phenomenal. <laughs> um, yeah. So you see that big ticket, but then they, eh, it's only like four grand a month. And you're like, yeah, but I'm paying for it for a long time, but right, yeah. it, 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 it's a good tool. And especially if you're scaling and, um, it, it, it helps a lot because whether you're looking to be acquired or you're trying to bring on partners, like it, it's a, that mid market up to enterprise level, it's, it's growing. It's a very common software. And so it's easier to, if there is an acquisition, like people accept, Oh, cool. NetSuite. Yeah. We use it as well. Right. So it, it works in that way and it's cloud-based. It works. Um, yeah, it works, but it, yeah, it, it, to start off with NetSuite is it, it's, it's not a cheap. Little, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it's not it's not necessarily the ideal thing unless you're yeah you're jumping in. You got you know, the cash. Feet first, awesome. and you got the cash. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. if you're VC back, yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So the next item that I wanted to talk to you about because I'm, that's the website, right? That's mm-hmm. your storefront, right? In this in our modern world, very modern world. But the next piece of that is getting your storefront seen, right? Traffic. And it's yeah, it's the traffic, right? We've been noticing uh, just recently. We've been looking at our um, marketing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing here is like, okay, so a lot of stuff that we have going on that's more on the, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but um, okay. So as far as being seen, Google is still Google, right? Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the king. Like we were looking at, so where do most people hear about us? I think Google is still number one. Yeah. And we don't do much. We don't do nearly as much as we should as far as as trying to be seen on Google. Our budget on Google is really tiny. <laughs> tiny. We actually, I've noticed that I'm spending a little bit more money on like Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we usually are seeing a lot less on Instagram and Facebook. It just seems like it's hard to be seen on those these days. Instagram, like, okay, so it's like, they want you to push reels. They want you to mm-hmm. really push reels like crazy. So, you know, it used to be great. You'd throw up a picture and you'd be like, awesome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your picture would go a long ways. Now it's like you throw up a picture and you get two people. They're like, share it on, you know, yeah, awesome razors. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah. it's like those are your two comments. And you're like, well, that kind of sucks, right? Whereas when you do a reel and you do a good reel, um, I mean, you get way more, way more traction, which I kind of get that. Um, I get why they're doing it. I know that like TikTok's kind of a a component Mm -hmm. piece of that competition, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, on Facebook, that Facebook's one of those things where I'm just like sitting there like that, how you have to fight for visual real estate on Facebook. It seems like, yeah, I mean, they've saturated the entire ad platform and then compound that with iOS 14 that happened what, a year and a half ago now, you know, almost two years this summer uh-huh. where Apple changed the game, um, for Facebook and Instagram. Oh, let's um, talk about that. Tell me about that. Well, iOS 14, I mean, anybody that that's in that digital marketing side um, came out what, like I said, it'll be two summers this, this upcoming summer. It basically took away a lot of what digital marketing marketers were using to track and to be able to, to hone in um, audiences. And you saw it as soon as that happened, like, the game changed everything changed within what you're doing with your ads and so you're right like these platforms before you know five years ago people were just like stupid money where they would just throw up an image on instagram or facebook and like tons of engagement tons yeah. of like for the company and that that's gone they i mean i am no meta expert but they really have kind of broken the platform in a lot of ways where it's overly complicated and then add iOS 14 and then add new competition like TikTok, mm-hmm. um, it, it flipped the script. So you can still make money on Instagram. You can still make money on Facebook, but it's way harder than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not even all of those, but then you compound it with like the COVID uh, oh, series man. of what e-commerce, what happened there. And then you, you had all of these overnight digital marketers that like could just show you all these great results, but it's, they, it wasn't no no offense there's some great ones out there but most of them it's just it was by pure luck you know that they they had that yeah the game's changed so 
yeah, when it comes to social, there's some challenges on Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. You can still drive traffic. It's costly. You don't have nearly the vision that you used to have on that. Um, yeah. You have to play some games and there's some tools that are coming on that are better. Um, it, but they're, it's still not there. And so then you have this, this, this giant called Google where, you know, with Google ads, most businesses still see a lot of traffic come through there. Um, the, the cost per click, it depends on what market and what, uh, what product, um, you can be competitive there. And mm -hmm. a whole other discussion is just how much of a monopoly they have on that. They have so much information. So when you talk about on Facebook and Instagram, iOS happening and making it to where you have less information on people, but then you have Google and you, the number one, um, browser is Chrome and everybody's mm -hmm. logged into Chrome and they just gather and gather and gather information. And so you can market really effectively with that. Um, and yeah, it, it, it continues to drive. But I also would say what I've noticed over the last hmm, year, maybe after iOS 14, like a lot of traditional marketing that digital markers would be like, Oh, that stuff doesn't work. It's coming back more and more. So print ad and really? like mailers and things like that. Yeah. Like some yeah. of the old school things, maybe it's generational, you know, the, the generation be, yeah. Z and stuff like, Oh, yeah. I've never seen this before, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is how they used to do it all the time. Um, it, but those, those are coming back in, and I've seen some success there, but I think when you talk about digital marketing for a website that, again, there's maybe some, some segments in time in which like you just get lucky on a new platform and you, you see stuff, but consumers have always been drawn more towards authentic, real content reels. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and that's where it's, it's harder to fake that. So, yeah. you know, like you, you reference reels, like, yeah, they do work one. It's because of the TikTok thing and the algorithm, they put more emphasis on it. I did read an article this week where Instagram, they're they're saying they're putting more focus back on images in the upcoming year but you have this new tiktok you have instagram you're going up against each other with these really quick and yeah. effective videos but that's hard it's man. hard to do it's so tricky like i i i do i'm pretty good at making videos right yeah. and and these videos you have to the amount of time that you have to spend just finding like because finding something that's going to trend, right? You want mm -hmm. it, finding an audio that's going to be a good, that's going to be a good fit. So you already, this is what's so weird about it. It's like, so it's like this weird racetrack that you're on. You're sitting there and you're going through and you're trying to find new audio and new cool things. And you're mm -hmm. going through and you're saving a bunch of them. You're like, okay, I can make this. And that's part of your, the views that are being achieved is you trying to find just audio to share with, right? Yep. That that's going to trend and going to be cool. And then you stack that all up, then you have to make your reel. And you and, and the hard part about it is some of them, like you're gonna make one that's gonna be awesome and it's just gonna be a big hit. And others, it is just you think it's gonna go well and you're like, that was it. Yeah. You, you don't get any through them. It's just hard to know if you're gonna get any traction on anything. Yeah. I, and I, I often wonder how how sustainable that model is. Like yeah. you, I think it was Gary V. Like I think he said that 
he he suggests that something like 35 content pieces a day yeah like that's insane unless you have the army that he has like who has time for that and to run a business and so then it becomes into and it also i i think the challenge is to make sure that those are all personal and in or unauthentic that's that's challenging so and the game has changed on that too three years ago you could get a, a passionate um fan of your brand to like create some content that you could repurpose as like a reel or or anything yeah and that game's changed because now you used to be able to do it for free or maybe some product you know and right. now people are like wait i should get paid for that so now there's a cost all associated to that because if you're not going to spend 12 hours a day creating content you need your customers to create some or some some influencers to create that 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 adds up very quickly so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that market in the next three to five years mm-hmm. because it's it's ever changing so yeah it, it, it's a challenge do you think so here's the thing TikTok. just since we're kind of on the subject TikTok is this thing where we don't have a TikTok. yeah and part of it is just what they want you to do like their terms of agreement mm-hmm. i i just don't trust yeah. that yeah right yeah, yeah. um there's all this talk about in congress and stuff like that of potentially banning TikTok and stuff like that what's your thoughts on all that uh it, yeah <laughs> do you think it's going to happen yeah it, so a lot to unpack there we'll, we'll stay with TikTok for a while um you're already seeing it like where government employees are not allowed to have it on devices i mean interesting if you do read into the terms and conditions like you're pretty much handing over the the keys to the kingdom right like you're 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 allowing them and i don't know how political we want to go there but but like it's tied to a, a government outside of the u.s right right and um i used to travel there a lot and it's very different as far as like the content and like the you know the what they're presenting in china, in china. but then also you know they're gathering a lot of information now do I think they're the only ones doing that? No, I still think no, even the U.S. based oh, yeah. ones that we talk about are gathering. No, they're all. gathering everything. But the difference is, is the U.S. base eventually, and eventually the government can step in and do stuff. Where if it's a foreign entity, like they're yeah. just gathering a lot. Have you even looked at like the the difference of TikTok U.S. versus China? No. it's substantially different so like I've they're heard like they're sending like kids like they have a very set age restriction yeah. kids that are on there they're serving up only educational views and so uh and i cannot remember it was an influencer but basically when you did a survey of like u.s kids every kid wanted they said what do you want to do to grow up like the the highest percentage right now is like to be an influencer you know mm-hmm. You do the same survey in China. It was still an astronaut or you know a doctor or something like that. Really, so they're serving up certain content to their audience there. Yeah, that is definitely changing the perception and and doing stuff. And then they're serving up like a very very like higher end and more um, higher octane version over here. They're not right. serving up the same one in their own country. So that very tells me a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It does make me wonder. I mean, the United States, just us here, we have this really, Americans are this weird anomaly, 
we don't make any sense because we're all kind of a bunch of a lot of us are all kind of idiots right <laughs> in the sense that we do stupid stuff like like in what world do you have it well it's in this world and it's in this world that you have us that's like hey the person that gets all the hits or all the views or something like that is somebody that's you know is jackass right yeah it's that movie right people doing dumb stuff we all watch it right mm -hmm. everybody wants to see a train wreck but the weirdest part is someone can be extremely successful and extremely wealthy and even though we have this culture that is driven by literally lots of people doing stupid things right and keeping us all entertained we still manage to do stuff like, I don't know, whatever Elon Musk is doing at this time, right? <laughs> whether it's like making electric cars or whatever, it's like we still are moving at such a high rate of speed and so advanced, like the government has to put like brakes on uh, the, the, the movement of, of uh, the American society. Like I've, I've, like this pandemic has shown like everything that can happen, right? Yeah. And I mean... I just think about it. I'm like, I think if they, I think if we, when you release the reins of the American economy and you let people just, hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to do my stuff. I'm going to create my own company. I'm going to do this stuff. We just go. Yeah. And the, the big problem that we ran into is like, oh, we don't have, we're running on the ability to produce stuff fast enough for the demand of things that people want. But then our immediate, our immediate knee jerk is like, okay, well let's robots. We're just going to go with robots, right? So then, then we're all moving towards robotics. I mean, I think in the next decade, you're going to see robots in, in um, all over the place. I think you'll see them in grocery stores. I think you'll see them in um, at uh, fast food restaurants. I'm do. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be in there at a much higher uh, rate. This automation, I mean, that's what we do. We're like, oh, let's automate. And so it's it it's just an interesting thing about American society is that we we just keep pushing and we just keep going, and we're not doing it based upon someone pointing a gun at our head by any means. We're just doing it based upon, hey, we want to do this. Yeah. It's our free will. It's our drive to do the stupid stuff <laughs> that doesn't make sense to anybody. I mean, you, you think about it. Go back to World War II. Jeep was invented by necessity. We needed a light infantry vehicle to replace the horse. Okay, so they built it, right? Fast forward to now. Why do we have Jeeps? So we can go They're on awesome. cool trails. Yeah, so we can put have big fun. tires on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do we do? Yeah, exactly. Put big tires on it, make it look cool, drive yeah. around, and be like all flashy. I'm going to go to the mall. You know what I mean? Yeah, ex <laughs> yeah exactly. That That is what we are as a society. And it's, and like i think can, can that momentum be destroyed i totally think it could be destroyed yeah. it can be destroyed by a lot of things um uh, if we if we if we destroy our, our culture too much if we re if we go towards all the negative ways of being right so we talked about christianity a little bit okay so this is this is i'm gonna give my blanket concept idea that i've i've gathered from from jesus okay Okay. This is what I think Jesus's whole gig was. His whole gig was all the negative stuff, negative emotions and negative feelings that will prevent your growth. You need to just let them go. Yeah. I literally think that was like, besides, you know, being the savior of mankind and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think the big, big thing he tried to teach us all is you just got to let that stuff go. Yeah. Right. Like, the whole um the lord's prayer where he talks about forgive us our trespasses we forgive others right that whole 
I'm, I'm probably misquoting that, but I haven't said the Lord's Prayer for a long time because I'm not Catholic. But in within that thing, I mean, his whole concept there is it's that is about literally letting go. That's literally about, oh, okay, so I, I'm forgiving other people of their trespasses against me, right? And I need to forgive other people. That's a hard thing to do, right? That's wrapped up in motions of anger, of sorrow, of hatred, of all these things. And he's telling you, yeah, let you it need, go. You need to move that away from you, yeah. right? And it's one of those things where I'm like, I think that's like one of the one of the key things that helps us move forward is in this day and age when like it's like the who can be offended Olympics. I don't know what to call that. You know what I mean? It's like, who's most offended, yeah. right? Who's most offended at what time? Um, it's like so much is driven by this, this weird idea of being offended by every little thing yeah. and uh, being triggered and stuff like that. And it's just like, I don't think that was the gig. Yeah. I think that's what led us for so long to be to a place where we are is that whole ability to just be like, hmm, I don't agree with that. It's not my thing, but whatever. Yeah. And not letting it affect us, not letting us tear us down, not let it drive us emotionally to do something stupid and idiotic or rude or mistreat somebody just because we're offended. It's like, what's the point? Right? No. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. There was, there was my rant for that. Okay. But I just think that's the whole thing is I think our society, as long as we, we keep those things in check, we maintain positivity. Like, I don't think the American society, I don't think how we are, the United States can be really brought down. I think it'll maintain its strength as long as those things are, are put kept in check. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack on that one. Um, Indeed. But I think where I take it is we've always had idea makers. Like that's been kind of the jam. Or if you look over the last 50 years, like, hundred years we've had great visionaries and then that kind of evolves um i do get nervous when everybody just wants to influence rather than build like right i want I, it, it doesn't work that way yeah it's like everyone wanted to be a movie star yeah at one point or famous yeah it doesn't really work that way everybody wants the easy way or the you know the chill way it's good to use your hands we need people to, to build to, yeah to, to think to grow we can't lose that DNA. Like yeah. that is kind of the special sauce. I think where sure there are some com countries that are great at building, but the ideas and visions have typically come from within here. And yeah. We got to keep that for sure. If we could figure out a way to reverse that. I mean, one thing that I've thought I'm, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit, but I'm going to try not to like one, one thing I thought about is like, what would be so valuable for like, say governor Cox, right? We're in Utah. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's watching or wondering where we're at, we're in Utah. Our governor is Governor Cox. I'm like, if that guy wants to win the day as far as being reelected and everything like that, I don't really, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In Utah, it's like, hey, we got a Republican. You know, that's just how it works, right? <laughs> he seems to be doing fine. You know, yeah. I, I like the last guy. I like the guy before that. But one thing I think this guy could do or any governor could do in, in his state is actually mandate on an educational level. I don't know how you do it, but do something where you're mandating on an educational level for high school students, a mandatory class that they actually take a class on personal finance. Yeah. Like that's one thing that it blows my mind as far as an employer 
is how many employees that they haven't really understand, they don't really understand the art of how you actually budget, right? And when you're you're paying their wage, and this pandemic showed a lot of it, right? Because a lot of people, inflation kind of kicked everybody's butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was amazing to me how many people were just like, they couldn't budget to survive it. It becomes a difficulty, right? And then, you know, we had one of our employees we talked with and it was like, go through his budget. And it's like, dude, you're spending like $200 a month on Red Bull. <laughs> like, how is that working for you right now? Is water really that bad? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it wasn't, I'm not trying to diss him or anything like that. I mean, he realized that he was like, whoa, yeah. you know, and, um, there's a lot of changes that he made just to, just to tighten up his life and to budget better and everything like that. And I think it was a good thing, but that's the whole problem is a lot of kids aren't taught those things for sure. They just, I mean, we took, we took a course. Who was it? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. We took Dave Ramsey course. And I mean, it was a huge game changer for us, yeah. uh, being able to budget and, and live off of it's amazing how little you can live off of if you're organized yeah, yeah. you know what i mean if you plan ahead yeah it's like you... all no-brainer stuff yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it's just like oh christmas comes same time every year like maybe plan you should it. save all year for it <laughs> yeah. uh, these yeah. birthdays happen at the same time or like repairs it's gonna happen like yeah. you don't have to save a lot but if you're saving a little for all these things like you're prepared yeah when you need to be yeah yeah it's pretty, I mean, good stuff. I just think that would be a great thing if he, if he moved that direction. But I mean, that's what makes, um, I, I think that's one of the difficulties for the younger generation, right? Yeah. And the credit card companies love that you have no idea how to budget. For sure. It's their favorite thing, right? So, and, and it's just difficult, man, with, with that's the thing that I worry about the younger generation has more to do with that. And also the, it, the internet, not the internet so much, but social media is, I find problematic in primarily as far as influencing us in bad ways. Uh, what do they call it? Something travel envy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. Sarah struggles with travel envy. I have envy. travel envy really bad. <laughs> it's one of those I things where... I have to stay where... off social media because I just don't want to see what trip, you know, so-and-so went on. I don't, and yeah. I don't want to know. I, I realize, funny. dude, I spend more time on Facebook just liking people's family posts you know what I mean? That's what it's become for me. Yeah. That's what I enjoy. Um, so I think it's fine. People go on trips. I'm like, great. They went on a trip or whatever. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I actually think a lot of traveling is just like, how how much work did you go through to get there? Okay, so that was a nine hour flight, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you had to carry all your bags and crap and you had to walk how far to get onto that. You know what I mean? I just like, then what what, what got lost on the way? Yeah, and yeah. I think I think traveling is can be more stressful than not. Yep. I'm like, I can go up to the mountains right around here and just hop in a hotel and just zone out. You know what I mean? Tune out the world, and I can probably get as as much refreshment as if I go on vacation. Sometimes yeah. I just think vacations are much more visually stressful than they really should be. So, anyhow, any any words on that, Matt? <laughs> I agree. You I'm more agree. with Sarah though. Yeah, it's worth <laughs> you, you it. Have, you, you do have some travel in me? For sure. Where do you want to go? Where do I want to go? Um, I used to travel to South America a lot for work, uh -huh. and but I didn't spend a lot of time for fun. So I'd like to go there with my family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. I want to take, I would like to go to Europe with my family. I think that'd be cool. 
<laughs> I guess. I mean, they want to go to like all my kids wanna, are like, we want to go, go to Japan, and I'm yeah. like, why? It's like the only I place don't they want to go is Japan. they all want to go to Japan. Cool. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, There's lots of cool we can places. Do that. Exactly. Australia would be cool. New Zealand would be cool. Oh, yeah. There's this. You would not die in Australia, dude. No, there's this there's this whole thing called the Gold Coast. If you stay along the coast, you're fine. You just don't go inland. They yeah, that is true. Big spiders. There's some freaky there's some freaky that's one great thing about the internet is you can see some freaky stuff that is is out there. That and cat videos. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Yep. All right. Well, we gotta go, right? We do. Uh, yeah, we do. You gotta go yeah. get the youngin. Yeah. We're gonna go out to eat. Yeah. This is a great. So this is a this is a first podcast. This is the this is num numero one. uno. Oh, introductory. Yeah. This is an introductory odd okay. comp podcast. And this is the kind of stuff that I want to do. Is just is talk about business and stuff like that. We'll have to have you on again. Will you talk with Thomas? I will talk with Thomas. Yeah. Because we'll get you guys. On. We'll get both of you guys on here and just talk business strategy cool. stuff. What what makes the difference between here and there and that kind of thing? Yeah, and I, I think we should go more in depth too on on kind of these subjects Let's like social it. media. I mean, everyone knows social media, but how there's do you? A lot, it's, it's, a lot it's to how, how can we unpack? Yeah, what can we do? How can you? How can we make people's lives better exactly. so they have more success and that kind of thing? So cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. This was great. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>